Están escuchando el Juan Calavera Podcast. Ua. seeing someone's facial expression and you don't like that person for whatever reason you'll lose that message too so you, you think it's very important to see that person's face no 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 a lot of times like for example if someone looks at me right mm -hmm. they're like man this dude looks like a like i don't know like some dude that i hated back then but i'm expressing my my story who i am uh -huh. they already blocked out anything i have to say because they already ah porque they already yeah they already have a picture of you yes. and what they think of you. That's it. Yeah, yeah, yeah I got you. They, they, already, okay. they already made up their mind who I am today. <laughs> you know what? I think that's why it's a, a lot of times, like a lot of people that are trying to be like artists. Yeah. Have to, they, they rarely, they rarely get popular where they're from. No. Like a lot of people have to get popular elsewhere. Yep. Porque mucha gente de donde eres. Como they already prejudge you. Yeah, they already judge you. Yeah. <laughs> no, si cierto. That's true, bro. Oh, yeah, bro. So, okay, so wait, it's been 20, 20 plus years. 22 years, bro. And I'm out of it. 22 years. Lady Foot Locker. Lady Foot Locker, bro. Elkhorn Mall, bro. Yeah, back in 1999. Elkhorn Mall, way. ¿Te acuerdas de esa madre? You know what's crazy, man? When, when I got hired at Lady Foot Locker, the manager, because it was, it was a different one. Yes. You know, I asked the manager, I said, hey, what's the pace? She was like, back then, I think it was like 4.15 an hour, bro. Four and, I said, and I said 4.15. <laughs> and I was like, plus commission? She's like, we don't, we don't have, we don't really have anything commissioned. I said, well, set it up, you know. Yeah. So because of me, I was, I want to say because of me, that store started implementing a small little bonus. They used to pay me a little bonus uh, commission on, 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 on the sales, and it, it, it just stayed. Oye, pero que no el, el men's full locker siempre tenía commission. I think so, but the ladies' full locker was just a flat, just oh, a flat right. hourly and all that. You see what I'm saying? Oh yeah. So a lot, so a lot of women. In Tucson, Arizona, should be thanking Jimmy Torres <laughs> for for making that imbalance, that pay imbalance, more balanced now. I'll, I'll give my I'll give myself that credit, I guess. <laughs> yeah, no. and, and it was it was it was crazy, man. Because I mean, when when I was there, um, we had this uh, you know this this thing that we had to sell multiples, multiples, multiples. Yeah. So, I remember. so, so every every time somebody came in, man, I, that person left with the ugliest, ugliest shoelaces ever, bro, because I was selling that multiple. <laughs> bro, because I look at the I see, bro, one of the things that I remember about you, uh, Finchy traffic, sorry. So one of the things that I remember about you, bro, is that you could sell a fucking telescope to a blind man, bro. <laughs> Like you could sell, man. Bro. I, I wanted to get that little tiny bit of you know, uh, recognition pretty much from the manager. Oh my god, you know, our multiples are going up. Thank you, Jimmy. Yep, so you came in, bro. 
you were buying some ugly, ugly shoelaces to to match your <laughs> your shoes. You were not leaving without without your shoe cleaner or your or your water repellent. Simon, <laughs> oh, yeah. would sell it, bro. Oh yeah, you you tell them suede cleaner and they wouldn't suede shoes. Like <laughs> I would, bro. Man, I became uh, there was a point in my time back then that I became the number one insult selling. You know, I remember that. I remember <laughs> that, bro. Sell those insults, bro. Yeah. People come here buying some flat shoes and be like, you can't buy those shoes without. Insoles. Yeah. <laughs> and like, hey, it's only 20 bucks. Yeah, yeah. 19.99 for you. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, man. Spanko insoles. Spanko insoles. And I would, I would, I would cut them. I would cut it up and like, feel the difference. Go right with the insole, left without. Yeah. Oh, my God. You can stand all day with those shoes. No, because space age material. Like, inside a cushion guy. NASA. 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 <laughs> yeah, bro. I would tell him, look. This is the one and only pair of insoles you'll ever buy because they're gonna out outlive those shoes. The you shoes just flip them to. The, oh, really? Yeah, let's go. <laughs> yeah, but I had fun. I had a lot of fun. Neta que sí, wey. That was fun, bro. <clears throat> that was fun back in the day. Más para nada, wey. And then that was a good crew. I remember. Can can I remember? La Nena, Gloria, Graham, Christina, Gloria, uh, Christina, Kirsten, uh, yeah, Kirsten, yeah. There was another Diana. I don't know if you remember her. I don't remember Diana. back then. Um, and then Annie. I like Annie. See, I remember. Yeah, yeah, yeah all yeah, those. Yeah. You know, all those. You know that man. <laughs> that was a, fun, to, a fun group I, of girls. I used to, yeah, I used to. Yeah. I used to make you know get made fun of from you know my homies. You know when I you know I kick it with them, but like you know Al Bundy pretty much. Sim- <laughs> 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 the crew. Sim- yeah, but I was I was young, man. I was twenty. I don't know, twenty three, twenty four at the time. So. Yeah. You know, most of those kids were like 16, 17, 18, 20 years old. You know what I mean? Bro, yo me las curaba because I was right next door in the in the men's dress shoe. Yeah. I, I, I was I was running the men's dress shoe. Yep. Yeah, you and you'd be right next door in the women's <laughs> athletic shoe. Bro, Sorry. you know what the crazy thing is? That the ladies from Mexico, I used to have so many of those clients, bro, from Hermosillo. They would yeah. come over and literally, man, they, they, I, they would tell me, hey, I'll be back in about you know a month or so. You know, can you save these shoes? And I would save because, you know, they, they'll, they'll buy, I don't know, 10, 10 pairs of shoes. Yep. Like, but I want them in a better sale. Uh-huh. So I'd be like, okay, cool. You know, I, you know, back then there was no emails, there was no, no, no WhatsApp. So I'd have to just put them in a the little shelf. And they were my clients. They were my repeat clients. Yep. And I would sell, you know, I'm talking about $1,000 worth of yep. one person yep. of shoes, you know, of tennis shoes, bro. And the responsibles would come next door and buy shoes from me, bro. <laughs> <laughs> hey, you know what, bro? Because of you, I remember I've always worn Stacy Adams or Floor Shop, bro. Stacey like, yeah, Adams. Because yeah, you got, you know, you guys had all those, you know, nice dresses shoes. Uh-huh. Man, I've, I I still, to, to the day, I still wear my, my Floor Shops, bro. I, I still I wear them. Are those very popular with the Hispanic uh, population in Cali? Yeah, bro. Yeah, you know, yeah, man. Especially the, you know, the uh, uh, the ones that are, you know, in my field and all that. You know, they want to dress up. So <laughs> yeah, yeah, they want they want to look. Yeah, they want to look sharp. sharp. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, anyway, yeah, that's a good question. Dije Hispanic ahorita. Latinos. Yeah. What do you consider? What should we be called? Is there? Do you care? For for me, Latino. You know, you like it. I, I just, I guess, I don't like that panic word in the in Hispanic. You know, because Latinos, <laughs> we, we don't panic, bro. <laughs> it's just a stupid thing in my mind. But Latino, I, I just feel you know, Latino, co- Latino covers everything, man. Everybody. How have you accepted, or what do you think about uh, Latinx? I don't know much about it, you know, but I guess it's the new word. No, se usa mucho, yeah. No, no, we. I mean, I see it. I see a, you know, a lot of them. Uh-huh. You know, a, a lot of uh, the hashtag Latinx and all that. Yeah. You know, 
but I grew up with the word Latino. Latino you know? and Latina. Lati yeah. there's, there's no, you know, pl you know, pluralize everything into one, you know, Latino or Latina. You yeah, know yeah, I mean? yeah, yeah, yeah. See, that's, I guess that's why I've been having a hard time also. Maybe it's us because we're like, we've already programmed, I guess, yeah, yeah. To, to think Spanish of, uh, in a certain way. Um, but I, I still, I find it hard to accept porque, mira, honestly, only people in the U.S., are using that. You don't hear nobody from Honduras or no, from Mexico. No. In Mexico, like some people are trying to be cool and use it, but <laughs> nothing else pendejo. Yeah, yeah. Nobody gives a shit. Yeah. yeah. No. So, no. so I, yeah, I, I find it funny that only in the US, Latinos in the US are really trying to push that. The younger generation, I would say. But you know millennials. what? That's what I thought, but I noticed a lot of like the educated older like older than me even. Really? I'm forty four, bro. Okay. So yeah, like, I'm talking to people that are educated and older than me. They're starting to use it a lot, too. Really? Yeah. I, I guess it's just trying to cash in on the movement, maybe. They, they're seeing a movement coming in. So let, let, me, let, me, let me get you know, some, some, you know, some points right there. So yeah, yeah. That might be what it is. But see, not to hurt feelings like that. <laughs> yeah, okay. People are too sensitive now, man. You gotta be That's what I'm like talking about, bro. <laughs> bro, you me acuerdo, the way. I was tripping out. Okay. I don't know if you remember this. I think you were still living in Tucson or in Arizona when this happened. Uh, in the university, right next to the U of A, right next to uh, University of Arizona, on University Boulevard right there. Okay. They have all those bars and shit. Yeah, yeah. They downtown. The downtown area. Kind of. Yeah. yeah, kind of. It's the, they opened up a place from, I don't know where the fuck, Texas or somewhere. I don't, I don't know where it was from, but it was like Illegal Pete. I remember Illegal Pete. Okay, <laughs> okay. So I remember that was a big old thing because a group of, of Latinos here in Tucson oh. got really mad that they were opening up a place that had the name illegal in it. <laughs> and I thought, like, why are you guys being so sensitive about that? I, I never understood that. I like, think I'd be a little more sensitive to say illegal Pancho. <laughs> you okay, know what I mean? Exactly. Like, hey, wait a minute, bro. Exactly. What does that mean? <laughs> exactly. Oh, see, he had a wet back Pete, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. but... Come but on, man. Illegal Pete's like anything could be illegal. Yeah. 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 So it could be that you know Pete started the illegal way and now he's got it. You know he's got it the right. But that's why he started. But see, it doesn't matter. Why? why, why yeah. Why, why we gotta take the the glory away from Pete? Yeah. <laughs> Pete, Pete's making it happen, man. <laughs> so see, like, I, I agreed. I, I I agree that sensitive. Yeah. We for some reason we're becoming very sensitive. I don't know why. And Look I, at that. I don't like it. Chappelle's being shut down, bro, because of you know him being so you know so liberal with with everything he wants to say. Yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. And have have you seen his his comedy special that yeah. are getting mad at? Yeah, I saw that. I saw that. I, I don't I don't see anything. I mean, for me, I mean, I grew up with. I mean, I can't even say the words, but I grew up with words that I'm telling you. If you said it to someone, I think you would ruin their life right now. <laughs> you know. Y sabes que okay, you know, I like that you brought that up porque si cierto. I think that. <clears throat> okay, number one, are things better for, like, for example, uh, LGB, the LGBTQ, whatever community now than they were, you know, 20, 30 years ago when we were, you know, a lot smaller? We were yes. I, I think so. I think I way definitely better, think so. Bro. Way better. Way better. Way better. Way better. Now, are things perfect? No. 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 But it, they're but definitely but better. But for nobody, for nobody is perfect. Right, right, right. It doesn't matter if you're gay, straight, black, brown, white, you know. Gel, it doesn't matter, bro. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Nobody has a perfect scenario. Nobody has a perfect life. I agree. But look, you guys see, but I think that oversensitivity kind of might work against your struggle. Yeah. You know what it, I mean? It, it does. I think it does. You're right. Because it makes you look like a Karen sometimes. 
and nobody likes a fucking can. Nobody. Or a can. <laughs> or a can. Nobody, nobody man. <laughs> yeah, you're right about that. So, I don't know, bro. I think maybe, like, we should stop being so fucking sensitive, bro. What can we do about that, man? Like, I'm trying to keep teach my kid not to be so sensitive. And honestly, he's great at it, bro. Like, he don't give a fuck. My, my kids, I think, like, well, probably because they grew up with us, you know. They grew up with our, our you know, our generation and, and our, you know, our parents' generation. You know, uh-huh. we're, you know, we're a little tougher on our kids. Yeah. Especially, I would say, the, uh, the Latino community. Mm-hmm. You know, the Latino community, you know, we... With the kids, we don't have a lot of us don't have no filter. <laughs> we just, you know, let no, it rip. You know, whatever, whatever we want to say, we just say. You know, and you know, yeah, la cachetada lets us know if we were if I was good or bad. Okay, yeah, that's it. You <laughs> know what I mean? <laughs> no, I mean, I, I, I'm, my kids are 24 and 20, uh, 25. Okay, yeah. And I'm telling you, I remember when I 12, 13 years old, and you know, I was about to still spank my, you know, my kid, and you know, and I and I was like, they looked at me like, don't you dare! And I was like, you want to call the cops? Go ahead, I'll give you the phone, but yo, I'm gonna, I'm gonna be the <laughs> shit out of you, <laughs> and I'll take me in for real. Oh yeah, but that's gonna be after the fact. That yeah. <laughs> they'll really have a you know, reason to take me in, and they looked at me like, oh, no, Dad, we're playing, you know. <laughs> that's funny. Oh anyway, that okay. Let's talk about that. What well, okay, he stayed with your kids, you know, they're all grown up now. Yep. Let's talk about where you grew up. All right. Where you came from? I, I, man, I was born in Honduras. Central America, bro. Donde in Honduras? Choluteca. Choluteca in the southern part of Honduras. Okay. Hot, hot, hot and humid place in Honduras. Uh, selva? Jungle? Um, not much so, you know, but, but the outskirts of it, yeah. There's there's little towns called like El Triunfo, you know, back then. Man, people still walk, you know, they, they walked everywhere or they, you know, had their, 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 their horses or their little you know, burros, you know what I mean? It, that that was, I mean, you, you saw nothing but green out there. That's where you came from. What's uh, what was? If I mean, if you have any idea, what was the population of, uh, of that pueblo? Is that pueblo se puede decir? That you know, well, where, where I was raised, it was it was more more city, you know. Okay. But, but outs, outskirts where my, you know, I have family in, in El Triunfo. Uh-huh. If I had to guess, back then, probably thousand people, maybe. ¿Y co- cómo se llama el, el lugar donde tú naciste? Choluteca. ¿Y Choluteca más o menos cuánta gente tenía? How many? Back then. What was the population back then? Yeah. Probably, I don't know, maybe 20,000 people back then. So it was, it was, it was a pretty good, you know, good size city. A good size city. Yeah, good size city. Has it blown up population oh, wise? Yeah. Oh yeah. Like oh, yeah. since then? Oh yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm sure, you know, and we can Google it, but I'm sure it's, you know, it, it's probably triple that in the last, you know, 30 years. When was the last time you went back? So I was there. Um, to you know, to 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 close a, a chapter. My my grandma passed away in uh, on my brother's birthday, bro, oh, uh, October seventeenth, uh, twenty fifteen. Wow. Yeah, bro. Um, so so I went a couple months later in uh, in January, January uh, twenty sixteen. You know, to you know to to say my goodbyes to my grandma. You know, mm-hmm. pretty much. Cause she, she, just so people know, she, she raised you. She raised me. You yeah. know that 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 was my my last grandmother that was alive. You know, she was 90, 93 years old. Wow. She was, you know, uh, how do you say that? The, the, the patriarchy? Matriarch. Ma- matriarch. You know, matriarch. she was, man, mm-hmm. up till probably the day she, she was, you know, she before she left this earth, she was still trying to, you know, say, hey, what are we going to have for lunch? Let me have, you know, let's do this, let's do that. She was running shit. Oh, she was, bro. <laughs> she, was. <laughs> she was, bro. Yeah, that lady raised me, man. Raised me with nothing but love, you know, uh-huh. um, respect for people. Yeah. You know, um, raised me with my, my Catholic traditions, you know, yeah. don't judge, you know, live and let live type of deal, you yeah. know, uh, always send up for the, uh, you know, for the, for the little people, you know, that type of, you know, always, like, looking like, at, yeah, always, yeah. always, always, you know, root for the underdogs all the time. Right. right? 
right so let's talk about that how you, your your grandma raised you. Well, both of your grandmas raised yeah, you. Como yeah. why, why did so, they have? To, why did they end up raising you? So my dad ended up coming out here. It's it's a crazy story, bro. My one of my aunts ended up uh, moving up to Mexico, and she brought one of the youngest and into Mexico into like Nogales area. Uh -huh. Okay. And Nogales Sonora, Nogales, Arizona. Nogales, Nogales Sonora. Okay. You know they were working for for you know pretty wealthy company. I mean wealthy uh, Mexican uh, family. Okay. And story has it that there was this uh, Caucasian landscaper, you know, slash uh, handyman that would go and do some work and all that. And he fell in love with the younger, my younger aunt. Mm -hmm. Brought her over here. My younger aunt said, man, this is better. Brought my other aunt this way. And then what, they started. When you mean brought over here, you mean to the U.S.? They, yeah, they brought her to Tucson, Arizona. Uh -huh. Crossed the border, you know, illegally went through the border. El, 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 el gabacho hizo eso. Yeah, bro, back oh, then. Shit, yeah. Okay. So, you know, love, no way. Yeah, love, man. So, my, my dad got a whiff of it. was like, man, I got two sisters in, in the U.S. You know, for us, U.S. back then, man. I mean, you, you bring a shirt, even if it was made in China, but if it says USA, man, they'll pay top dollars because it's like, oh, that's from USA. You know, we, it's a dream for us to make it to the United States. It's a dream, bro. For us, we wake up thinking, man, if I can live over there. We don't know the struggles. We just know how good it is that's all you so just to make sure that we understand i mean we the listeners understand that you growing up in honduras yep you guys saw the u.s as like almost like the promised land a hundred percent bro yeah so my dad came out here in 82 um made enough money almost a year later to bring my mom and my younger brother my younger brother was only two and a half years old uh -huh. so my two sisters and myself stayed back in choluteca in honduras uh -huh being raised by my grandmother till they could figure things out okay um so imagine six years brother six years you know young mom and young dad having one of the kids but three of their other kids back home and we used to go to a place called Ontutel because my mom would send us a letter to my grandma and say hey on the 15th of uh, December I'm gonna call you guys at 9 a.m be there and I'm gonna ask for booth number two. So we'll go to this place called Nutel, which was a, 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 a phone company and they had booths, they had like 10 booths that people will call from, from, from other countries into the booth. They will pay top dollars to have a conversation. So we would have a 20 minute conversation, which was costing probably, I don't know, 50 bucks back then, you know? Just to say, hi mom, I love you, I miss you, you know, I, 20 minutes, and it was three of us. So like three minutes of saying, yeah, you know, I did this at school, I got an A over here, I got a B over here, I'm doing great, oh, here's my sister, hey mom, you know, like that. Imagine that for six years, Mother's Days, Father's Days, Christmas, um, we, you know, we're big on uh, Dia de los Niños over okay. there, so imagine having those conversations Five, six times out of the year. No mas. No hugs. No kisses. Just a conversation. Just a phone conversation. You know, for six years. That's that's stuff that that's most people understand. The immigrants go through. And, and and so just so people understand, I, I I know a lot of people didn't read between the lines, but people, okay, where you're from in the 1980s, not everybody had a phone in their house. No. No. In fact, most people didn't have a phone in their house in, 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 Honduras, in populations in Honduras, like yours. 99% did it. So they had to kind of like, well, popped out right at the beginning of the internet, those like internet cafes. Yes, internet cafes. So that's basically what was going on. It was like a phone cafe. Yep. People would yep. Go, there was like one of those like in every maybe like neighborhood or something like that. No, there was one in the city for us. I have <laughs> So yep. there was one in the city yep. where you had to go and kind of like reserve your time. That's it. Yep. 
So, because you will be expecting a call at a certain time from somebody. My, my grandma will sign up and say, hey, you know, here's my daughter. Send the letter pretty much. Mm-hmm. She's going to call us at this time. I need booth one and pass it over here. So my mom will call. She says, hey, I'm looking for Doña Felipa Aguirre. She should be in booth one. Okay, let me transfer you. And the, and the, and the charge will start. Bro, that's a trick. How crazy is that? For six years, brother. Imagine that. You have kids, right? Yeah. Imagine you being away from your son for six years. Bro, that's no. I can't. I can't. I can't. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. And and, and, and see, and I'm I'm kind of have to kind of go through that because my my son, he's about to graduate high school. He's joining the Marines, so that's gonna be rough for me. You know what I'm saying? My but props to him, bro. My props. My, my little brother did that. My little brother did that. Yeah, I'm bro. Because honestly, I'll, I'll I'll be straight up and say it. I didn't have the boss to do it when I could have. <laughs> You know what I'm saying? I tried, bro, but they said I was flat-footed. They, Neta, yeah, I tried to go to the army. They said you flat-footed, son. You can't go. Neta, yeah. Oh, yeah. But yeah, no, I'm really proud of my, of my son. Even though yeah, it's something that awesome. I that I didn't do that I would have not have done, I'm proud that he's doing it. That's awesome, man. The the, the difference is that he's going to be gone. I already was able to spend you know his 18 first 18 years, 18 years with 18 him. 18 years, yeah. yeah. You were a kid when from, this happened, bro. From so almost six years old, five and a half to eleven and a half years old. So all that time, I remember I made I made a we used to call it uh, un proyecto manual, which was a a uh, like a project at school for Father's Day, uh-huh. and I remember making this this mirror, you know, and we used to you know we had a, it was a bamboo bamboo um, frame, and we put the the mirror, and then around the bamboo we put hot coal to you know to to burn. Uh, like like the actual I- I- indentings of you know, and it would look cool, man. And it was a Father's Day gift. Wow! So I that's how you to, so with those hot coals is how you were decorating the, the, the frame. The, yeah, and every you know every little spot, it looked cool, man. I was so proud of it. But I remember yearning, wanting to give that to my dad. But I gave it to my grandpa. You know, I say, hey, you know, Tata, you know, this is you know yeah. a Father's Day gift, and he was so proud. He used that to shave himself every day. He hung it. <laughs> yeah, bro, you know, it was cool. You know, but I was like, man, that was supposed to be for my pops. You know what I mean? And for six years, man, I'm about ah. to get a little sentimental, bro, right there. No, it's because he's stuck out on eso. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, so. I mean, we could go so deep into that, but oh, we I mean, we, we could just talk hours about me wanting to hear what life was like in Honduras for you growing up, bro. And let, me, let me tell you, man, we, we crossed the border. My parents became um, um, permanent residents through the Reagan administration back then. They got, they got, they got granted amnesty uh-huh. back in the 80s. Uh-huh. So I would say 85, 86, I think it was, maybe 87, when, when they got granted um, their, their, you know, their, their permanent residency pretty much. Uh-huh. So my mom and, you know, my mom looked at my dad and said, hey, we got to get our kids. So they applied for us. They, you know, people say they got to do it the legal way. Let me tell you what the legal way is, okay? After being away from your kids for five years, you become legal here, and then you apply for your kids back home. They told my mom and my dad, they're in line now. They're in the system. It could take anywhere from six to ten years. Bolas. So my mom's like, well, bullshit. I've been without them for five years. I got to wait another five or ten years? She couldn't do that. She, she, she looked at them and said, we got to go get them. Yeah. So they had a plan. I hope they don't get in trouble. It's been a long time. <laughs> <laughs> they had a plan. They saved for a year, went back home in, in, uh, in 88, uh-huh. okay? They got us visa students to go to Mexico. So we took a train from Honduras into Mexico, 
But it wasn't going to stop in Mexico City. It was going to keep going to Nogales, Arizona. Oh, so we're, you know, three days in a train. And then we're kids, 11 years old, 12 years old, and 13-year-old, or 14-year-old, my, my sister. She was the oldest one. The oldest, you know. So so there's, you know, three of us and my little brother and my mom and dad. And we're staying in one of those little, they, they give you like a um, a room, See. you know, in the train. Uh -huh. You know, so bunk beds and all that. The, the server snitched on us. The server kept on asking. The server, every time we go eat in the, in the little restaurant, they're like, hey, where you guys from? Where you guys going? And kept on asking and asking. He snitched on us. Era he Mexicana. Called, yeah. Pinche. Yeah. He. 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 They, they barged into our, our little room, like six guys with guns and all that. And I remember being a kid, bro. These are government officials. Yeah, these, these are, these are, these are um, uh, Mexican immigration okay. officers. Okay. You know, they came in, and my dad tried to explain to them, oh, no, we're just going to go to Nogales to visit my aunt. That guy was in there. He's like, come on, bro. You, you, your wife, and your son are permanent residents. You got three kids that are supposed to be in, in Guadalajara studying, supposedly. Uh -huh. You don't have visa to take them up there. I know what you're doing. Mm -hmm. We have two options. We, you guys can go because you guys are resident. You guys, you guys can go home. We're taking those three kids because they're not legal to be out way out here. Yeah, there's no visa. Right. They, you know, my parents. Are, what do we do? Well, we can. You know, you know how it is. Yeah. Nos podemos arreglar de esta manera. Man, they got everything. My parents had. My parents had already allocated. I think it was back then a coyote to take us. You know, from Nogales, Arizona, to Nogales. Uh, uh, I mean, Nogales, Sonora, to Nogales, the border to cross it. Yeah. I don't know. Let's say I don't know, three hundred dollars. Yeah. You know, per 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 each of us. So nine hundred back in the day. So they yeah. they took all that, bro. They took all that. My dad, luckily had hidden a hundred bucks in his sock. My mom had hidden another hundred. So we had 200 for us to get to the border. To give something. Yeah. You know, to eat and all that. So my mom and dad uh, ended up uh, paying, you know, actually borrowed money, left us over there, borrowed money that night, the night we stayed there. Had another, another, a 17-year-old kid cross us, a, a, like literally, a, a, just a fence. You remember all that? Yeah, I remember though. I remember there was a camera, a big old long, long camera back then. Was it nighttime was or moving. daytime? It was daytime. That was moving daytime. left and right. Yeah, and the dude was like, hey, when the camera goes out, we're just going to bolt it. And we did. We bolted, went through a little fence, went into like a little ditch, and then ended up in a little apartment. Uh -huh. My mom was waiting for us. My mom was our trafficker, bro, from, from Nogales, Arizona, to Tucson, Arizona. My mom was freaking out. Remember, Pobrecita. they had just been granted their amnesty. Yeah. If my mom gets caught with three undocumented kids, it don't matter that they're her kids. She would have been reprimanded for that. She probably would have lost her her residency. Yeah, and then my dad and my little brother would have been here by themselves, pretty much. Wow. But that's the government. Now, people say, well, follow the law. Just do it the right way. Come on, man. If you're a parent and somebody tells you stay away from your kids for 10 to 12 years because you got to do it the right way, I don't know what parent would say. Yeah, let's do it. You know, let me leave my three-year-old here, and I'll see him when he's 15 or, or 16. And you know what? There's going to be people that say, you know what? It has been done. But then let's also look at what those people went through. Yeah. And should everybody have to go through that shit? I remember. I remember when my one of my um, my aunts passed away. You know, and and my parents couldn't come out. I was in Honduras. Uh -huh. I remember when uh, my my grandpa passed away. We were already here. My parents couldn't go over there. There was there was no funds. 
in Honduras, when somebody passes away, it's not like they're going to do the involvement and wait a week and all that. No, they bury them within 24 hours, 24, 48 hours. Yeah, because over there, they, they don't they don't add chemicals to the no. body to make it last a week or two to, to prepare it for mm-hmm. all the ceremonies and all that shit. Nope. So that's what, it, you know, my, my mom and dad, my boy, well, my, I would say, yeah, both, well, my mom, when we, my grandma passed away, there was no time for her to make it, to bury her. Nope. nope. There was no time. There's no preparation. Si es como en México, si ahorita en México, este, normalmente una persona, when they die, they're buried within three days, bro. But you know, let's say, let's say in, in Hermosillo, you can get them four hours. Ándale. Honduras is not four hours no, away. No, no. <laughs> you know, so this is the life of an immigrant. I would say that most people don't know what it's like. Yeah. You know, that's why we come here hungry, bro, to make it, to do things for ourselves. Yeah. You know, because that's a one-in-a-lifetime one opportunity for us. No, si cierto, man. Damn, bro. So you remember all the, all those details. I do. Cruzando y todo clearly, clearly. Did you ever feel at any point in time, well, obviously, we're talking, these are two very different times. We're yep. talking the 80s, right? Yeah. Yep. 88. Did you ever feel, like, any type of danger or anything like that? Absolutely not. No. Absolutely not, man. It was a different. It was different times, you know. Um, I was a kid, and and it was it was dreamland for me, you know. So coming out here, it was um, like a magical oh time. Oh my god, a Seven Eleven, you know, for me was like, oh my god, this this little market is so clean. Cause over there, the mercados. And una, una casa that was remade into like a little fucking <laughs> pretty much yeah, yeah you know yeah. somebody's somebody's front living room became you know the little market <laughs> yes you yeah. know what i mean yeah. and now uh, we had the big mercados where everybody you sold um onions i sold tomatoes yeah okay that person over there sold uh papas papas you know that person over there sold you know fish and chicken you know everybody had their own little you know their own little stand to sell right yeah I remember my mom and dad, my, the first week we're here, my mom was like, hey, we're going to go to Fry's. I was like, okay, ¿qué es el Fry's? It's a mercado. We go there, and I'm looking at this immense warehouse with everything you can think of. And I'm telling my mom, mom, who's watching the, the tomatoes over here? Who's watching the, you know, the, <laughs> who's, you know, who's watching the papas over here? Mom, what's going on? My mom's like, no, no, no. This is one store. And I was like, what? What do you mean? One person owned this? That blew your mind. She huh? was like, yeah, just, I was like, only snap <laughs> this is how it is in the u.s bro holy cow but you know let me let me go back when i first when we first came here see and this is what happens to immigrants over there in 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 in, in the other countries right uh-huh. we see pictures we get sold this dream i used to see my dad posing in his motorcycle oh. man i was like oh look at that harley that's beautiful motorcycle i see i would see my mom and dad posing in their backyard their backyard full of, full of uh you know uh, snow and, and mountains and all that i used to see them uh, in a two-story house, right? I come here and we come to a small little single white trailer. I was, yeah, bro. I was depressed and I said, "Oh my God, my parents sold their big house, everything to bring us over, to yeah. bring us home." And I was like, "Mom, Dad, where's the house?" I said, what do you mean? This is the house we lived here for, you know, six years. Uh-huh. No, no, the house. Like you show me. No, that was the mall. We were at a mall. <laughs> <laughs> so we took a picture at a mall. But it was two story. Yeah, it was a mall. What about the, you know, the motorcycle my dad had? No, that was the neighbors. He posted his motor. <laughs> what about the snow in the backyard? No, that was Mount Lemon. There's a place called Mount Lemon. We go there. This is things like, like for example, I'm very cautious nowadays with posting everything you know about my life without letting my family back home know that i bust my ass to make this happen Orale. it's not free i really sometimes i don't see my family for seven days straight yeah. to have this 
So yeah. I, you know, we got, I got, I got, I got, I, I try to be very transparent for them. But I, I've noticed. I mean, obviously, I follow you on on social media. Um, I notice you, you, you're very private. I, I try to be. I mean, you you do post a specific when you guys are celebrating, like maybe like an anniversary yeah, yeah. or a birthday, or shit like that. But other than that, you're very private, bro. I don't want him to look at my cars and be like, "Oh my god, my tío is rich." I don't want him to see that. Or, you know, like I'm not gonna post. This is my beautiful car. This is my, you know. Uh-huh. No, no, I try to, you know, my house. I don't, I don't want him to think, yeah. "Oh my god, I gotta go over there," because I know hard it is for for a not an for people that don't. Yeah. yeah, I know they're gonna come here work for. I don't know, a landscaper. They're going to be washing dishes. They're going to be, you know, roofing. They're going to be doing some hard work. And they're not going to get paid enough. They're going to be exploited. Fíjate que curado, That's, I think you're probably the first person that I've talked to that is actually aware of the impact that social media can have on somebody's perception of reality, bro. Yep. I mean, we are, technically, we're all aware of it. But I think you're the first one that's actually voiced it, bro. And said it because of what I went through. Yeah. Because you know we didn't have social media back there. My mom and dad would send us live, you know, those little pictures, those little Polaroid pictures. Yeah. She would send us, and now imagination. I would just imagine this is my mom's house. This is my, you know, yeah. if they were eating at a nice restaurant and they had nice china and they took a picture, I thought that was their that was that their was kitchen. Their <laughs> and I come over here and I'm like, what's all these plastic plates? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, bro. Yeah, bro. But that's the life of an immigrant that yeah. people don't know. Yeah, yeah. All right, we're gonna take a small break and we'll be right back. So, llegando aquí. You once you got to the U.S., I mean, obviously, did you right away realize that it was going to be a hustle? Yes, yes. I'm going to tell you why. Cause, cause I didn't see my mom and dad. They were working all the time. My mom and dad worked day and night. Yeah. You, you know, back then was um, my sister was the oldest. She she would be the one in charge because my parents were always working. Yeah. So I was like, man, this sucks. I didn't see them for six freaking years, and I come here. And, I, you, and know, I, you can barely see them. I, okay. I barely, you know. We had a nice little routine. Um, we used to go to Peter Piper Pizza, uh-huh. like on, on Friday nights if my dad was off, or Sundays, you know, or the swap meet, you know, Tonka Verde swap meet. See. That was a little routine. But we didn't know traveling. We didn't know, we didn't know just all this, you know, I don't know, uh, luxurious lifestyle. We we didn't have that, but I you know I knew that they were hustling to get us out of that little trailer. And my my dad and my mom, I give them props, bro. Yeah. Back then in 1989, we ended up actually in, in I think it was in 90, 1990. After two years of being here, we ended up buying a house, and the the, the interest rate was like a 14 percent back then, bro. Interest rate to buy a house, and they still managed to make it happen. Minimum wage was about 3.25 an hour. Damn, bro. <laughs> and my dad now. <clears throat> and that's where I saw the, uh, if you want to talk about, you know, the hustle mentality. I saw my dad um, leave, you know, his, his, he used to be a, a dishwasher day and night, and he'll be a busboy too sometimes. My mom was a, a cook and a server. Uh-huh. And the, and the, uh, the restaurant back, I'm not going to mention the name, but the restaurant back there, they were so cheap. They were like, look, we'll, we'll pay you double, double time, but you're going to use two, two different social security because we're not paying overtime. We don't want to. Oh, so they had like two, two names. You know, two, <laughs> yeah, bro, because they didn't want to pay them overtime. So. My dad was hard, you know, like like tired of that, you know, that the lifestyle. He ended up buying a small little uh, a roach coat, just a small little lunch truck. I'm talking about the one that you know you had the the little box in the back and the, and the and the truck in the pickup uh-huh. front. And we started making burritos in the house, and he would 
buy enough burritos from from the commissary uh-huh. and then make some at home so that if the if the healthy puppy showed up he, he was like no look i, I bought them <laughs> from the commissary you know what i mean but he started hustling bro and i i saw my dad go from never seeing him okay yeah to always being home saturdays and sundays Talk about two years, a, 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 a paradigm, you know, just a shift of, you know, of lifestyle. Yeah. I saw my dad from two years of never taking a vacation to about a year of him being a self-employed guy, uh-huh. taking 30 days to go to Honduras to go visit his family with my, you know, with my mom. Yeah. They took off. My mom and dad took off for about 30 days. We stayed home. But that's because now they have become self-employed business owners. Yeah. They weren't working for nobody else. Yeah, man. So early on in life, I was taught a lesson of either you work for somebody or you work for yourself. Either you trade, you trade time for money or you trade your efforts for money. What about the people that say, well, if he was such a hustler, why didn't he hustle back home? What what, what do people not understand about that? Back home, people are in the, um, I'll say stuck in the mud. Mm-hmm. And no matter how much you paddle, the mud is always going to keep you down. And what I mean by that is the, the, the corruption of the government. Mm-hmm. Real quick story, I got a cousin. Yeah, I know. Sorry, sorry about the wind, guys. <laughs> we're, we're in, we're in the uh, private plane right now, but we have the windows down. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we're flying the private plane. Right yeah, now. so we have the windows down. Sorry about that. <laughs> um, I got a cousin who, who became a, a dentist, a, a surgeon dentist, you know. And let me tell you how corrupt the, the company, you know, the country is that she, um, she, she has her own little clinic, right? She has to pay taxes. So for, I don't know, the first five, six months, she, she was making about the same all the time. So she was paying taxes. Eighth month, she decides to take a vacation. And she's gone for like three weeks. Only work one, one week. Taxman came around and said, hey, where's our tax money? Why are you shorting us out? My cousin was like, wait, I, I didn't work a whole month. I worked a week. That's what, this is what I made. They're like, we don't care. You've been paying us this amount. You better, you better pay us that amount. They didn't care that she didn't make the money. That's uh-huh. how corrupted it is, bro. Wow. You know? What about también uh, mordidas and stuff like that? All the time. And we'll, we'll, All the time. People don't understand what mordida means. That means that you're bribes. Paying, bribes. Yeah. You're, yeah. You constantly if, have to pay to different people bribes. And, and it's even worse right now because of the uh, the mareros. Esas? The the like the gang members and all that. Okay. They're, they're they're exploiting business owners. You say, hey, you want protection, or you want to get you know pretty much your ass you know your ass beat yeah. and your your, your business better, yeah. Shit, yeah. You better pay us. So they're paying all these gang members to leave those those business alone. So that's literally like like The Godfather, the movie The Godfather. Literally, that that's shit is it. happening. Yeah. And, and we're not talking about people that are sophisticated, like in The Godfather. Nah, movie. this is just 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 killers, pretty much. You know what I mean? Like some fucked up people. Hey, hey bro, if you don't see me, you know, if I disappear, it's because I'm saying too much about <laughs> them. Hey, we're not saying names. So. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we're not yeah, saying no names. No names. No name. And the government's so afraid, man. And I would say now that. A lot of the the smaller uh, local government office, yeah, they're part of it. They're part of they're it. They're involved in some way, shape, or form. I mean, here's 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 what people understand. Okay, in the '80s, Central Americans '70s and '80s became gang members not because they wanted to be thugs. It was because they were being prosecuted. There was a lot of gangs, and especially in LA, mm-hmm. you know, uh, the African American people became gang members because they wanted to protect themselves from from the races and all that. But that mentality stayed there. So. Then they started fighting with, with other barrios and all that. So then the Hispanics started, or the Latinos started saying, okay, we got to protect ourselves. And they, you know, they became into gangs and all that. And it, 
became a lifestyle. Mm-hmm. Then they got into we got to make money. They started you know hustling drugs and all that. Started doing you know not the right activities. Geka, they're in prison now, 80s, 90s. Most of these are Central American kids that grew up with you know on the streets with no documentation. The government says in the 90s, let's get them out. Why are we gonna be having all these thugs, all these you know uh, you know gangbangers? Why are we gonna have them here? It's been 10 years. We're not gonna we're not gonna release them to the streets, and yeah. they don't even have any documentation. Send them back to they're from. Uh-huh. A lot of them from Salvador. Yep. You know, so they do. Now you got a 25 year old dude that all his life lived since he was three, four, five years old in LA with that mentality. Look at the gang life mentality. In, yep. Into a country that that is that is foreign to them. All they know is hustle, so they have to live the same life. And they started recruiting kids over there. Now this is, they say 90, mm-hmm. right? That 25 year old dude now is a 55 year old dude or 60 year old dude. Mm-hmm. Guess what? He has kids, right? He's got a 30 year old kid or a 40 year old. I don't know. Let, let's just say. Yeah. Those those people now have a 20 year old that are getting into, I don't know the the. Uh, the family business. No, not only that, but becoming police officers. Oh, they're trying to spread out. They're start, yeah, yeah, yeah. You see what I'm saying? Yeah, 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 yeah. So they're like, man, you know, if this, that's my family, with even though they did a crime. Don't look the other way because that's you know that's his that's his cousins. So yeah, so, so just so people understand the, the the ones that survived, that ended up having were able to in some way shape or form prosper and have families. Yep. Those families grew and grew, and now they have family members that are involved in government offices, political offices, whatever the yeah. whatever type of infrastructure type of yeah. government deal you want to think about. They they have family members. Or very close people, yeah, in those industries or whatever, and so don't now get away with a lot of shit. <laughs> so they get away with a lot of shit. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. You know, because they have the pride of you know, uh, I'm, maybe they're not part of it, but they're still their family. Right. Yeah, right. their family are criminals, but they're still their family. <laughs> so you're not gonna put your fucking deal away yeah. or something. Yeah. So. Right, yeah, yeah. Dad, it's crazy, huh? Oh yeah. So yeah, you know what? Let's uh. We're kind of starting running low on time, so let's get into what you're doing now because I like what you're doing now, bro. A lot of people don't know, but you're basically taking that hustle mentality. Yep. And you kind of what I what I'm understanding is that you're adapting it to show people, or at least your community, how to try to live a better life or maybe a more prepared life. Can you say? I guess my goal now that I know what I'm doing, my goal is to pre- to help people prepare for their later years, for the retirement years. Okay. Okay. So I, I got into the financial industry not knowing anything. I, I mean, I, I grew up here in Tucson, Arizona. You know, it took me five years to graduate high school, so I didn't go to college. Right. I don't have a college education, but I, I landed into into a uh, uh, an IMO, which is a you know insurance marketing organization that that teaches the concept of of, of uh, financial you know uh, prosperity for for families now and in the future now i didn't know at that time that i was in a i guess i knew but i i was in denial it was kind of like a like a mlm like a multi-level marketing type although legitimate companies you know we represented it but it was saying that you know i gotta recruit i gotta bring people and all that so people don't understand what what you just said right now that basically is a fancy word for to say pyramid scheme pretty much you know so and i I didn't you know like i said because i was so infatuated in trying to educate people Mm -hmm. that that i you know i I didn't care i was like man i still want to help people right it wasn't until probably i mean after 10 years of being in the industry I, i know a lot i know i know a lot 
to, to be able to help somebody, you know, have a, a you know, a, a, a very good plan for their future. I really do. So you really absorbed, you grasped, you grasped those I, concepts. I did. I, I, I submerged into the knowledge. Uh, you know, I, I, I feel very confident that I can help somebody have a, a very good, solid plan for their future, right? Mm -hmm. But I started seeing that a lot of my friends and family were just, you know, like almost throwing up the cross at me when I was, hey, let's talk about your future. Oh, no, no, no. You know, because they were like, oh, snap. Here comes this guy. <laughs> He's trying, trying to sell me something. Yeah, okay. you know, trying to get me into a cult. Uh -huh. And I started seeing some, even though some of my colleagues started, you know, moving out of the, that, that office and into, you know, into a different world and all that. And it wasn't until about probably three, three months ago that I realized that, that there is a true independent world. There, there is a true uh, financial advisor or financial coach uh, insurance, you know, person uh, that could be completely independent from any of those type of, you know, any insurance company. Yeah. So, so I, I transitioned into being, uh, and I didn't know it was captive, you know, captive, I, you know, meaning that I can only sell those products from, you know, from the company. Uh -huh. I thought I was independent. I didn't know, like I said, now I'm, I'm directly connected now with the carrier. So uh, say for example, uh, America, right? America's a big company, or uh, um, uh, Northern Life Group, you know, or Transamerica, you know, like those. I'm, I'm getting directly paid from them. I'm, I represent them directly. There's no, there's no company that you, pays. You don't work for another company that represents. Them, no, right? no, it's, it's. Yeah. I have, I have a direct writing agent number from them. Uh -huh. So, so, and, and man, I'm, I'm glad that I'm, I'm in, in this lifestyle now, or in this, in this, in this side of the tracks, I would say, because. Now I can really, really avoid being influenced by the like the corporation type to try to sell only these two or three products, which I, I they're good products, but in in some cases I knew that a lot of times maybe that 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 product wasn't a good fit for that particular family, but but I was running a race to beat another office, so I was gonna you know try. So just so, so people understand in in the corporate world when they have at least in this industry, yep. they have certain let's say packages that yeah. that they that they want to push yeah. because those are the ones that are going to make the company more profit yes now what you're saying is that those packages don't always fit the needs of the customer uh, yeah a lot of times it was it was it's still good a good it's still product, a good deal yeah a good product really good product uh -huh. but maybe for that family just wasn't going to be beneficial but so what a lot of people did which is not what you did a lot of people would still sell that package because it would boost their representation with with that carrier. It, it, it has incentives within the company to sell more of those. Yes. Basically, There's, yes. it's incentivized. Yeah, exactly. So you were like, I mean, that's great to have the incentive, but it's not it's not giving the customer. I want to say it's not maximizing. The, the, the customers, um, they're, all getting, they're all getting the most of the, the most bank for their buck. For their bank, okay. You yeah, know? Yeah, yeah. So right now, I'm, I'm, I, like I said, um, I'll sit down with you, for example, right? Uh -huh. I know your needs are A, B, C. I'm gonna go with that right company that that's gonna, you know, uh, satisfy those needs. Your neighbor might have a completely different need. Mm -hmm. who I also can do directly with another carrier for your neighbor's needs. Mm -hmm. And what I mean by that is. Life insurance, okay? Mm -hmm. We're all gonna die, brother. Yeah. We're all gonna die, okay? And I don't know. You see my, my social media. Yeah. I, I go, I go, I go hard on. You know, you think you're a good dad, but you don't have life insurance. Yeah. Come on, go punch yourself. You know. Uh, and the reason is because, I, you know, 
I stopped trying. I was just I stopped trying to to uh, I guess uh, stop trying to be nice. Yeah, well, you know, <laughs> <laughs> politically correct. You know, because uh, because okay. trust me, I didn't know I didn't know the value of life insurance. You know, twenty years ago, I, I you know as a, as a Latino, you know, that, that's that, that's not that's not in our in our. I guess in, in our plan, we don't know, hey, we live by the day, mm-hmm. you know, which is bullshit, man. We come here, and, and this is all by laws, you know. You, you can't just say, I'm going to bury somebody this way. No, the law says you're going to bury this way, and that's it. Yeah. <laughs> you know, so life insurance, uh, if you don't believe in life insurance, okay, then burial expense. You just cover your burial. That's it, man. Cover your, you know, your panteon, we call it, right? Cover that. Yep. That's it. Well, I don't want that. Well, how about, are you going to retire? Then, yes, well, let's get you a plan that you can retire tax-free, a vehicle that actually suits you and your family now, but in the future, mm-hmm. tax-free, you're also protected. Your principal's protected. If the market crashes, your money's not going to crash. It's a whole different animal. It's not tied to the market. Yeah. We hear that, oh, the market, the market. But you know what? We only Kind of like when you go to the casino, yeah. you only talk about the winnings, but you don't say, man, last week I lost 500 bucks. <laughs> No shit. <laughs> you know what I mean? No oh, shit. I won 500. That's what, but what did you lose last week? Yeah. Don't worry about it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. What'd you lose all year? Yeah, yeah don't worry about it. <laughs> that's not important. <laughs> well, that's how it is with the stuff. So for me, brother, and I'll tell you why, okay? My parents, nobody sat down with My mom and dad, okay? Nobody sat down with them 40 years ago when they came to this beautiful country. Yeah. And when they became self-employed people. Nobody sat down with them and say, Mr. Torres, in 40 years, what do you have planned for your retirement? My mom and dad, I mean, they live in, in three points. They love it, right? Mm-hmm. But I know if it was my mom and dad's choice, they want to be in the states over here by the Alcon with all those, you know, you know, big trees, big houses yeah. in the center of Tucson. Right. I know that. Yeah. But nobody taught us or them that they could do that. That that instead, here's what here's what what uh, what, what we are taught, Latinos, right? Oh no! If you make fifty thousand, tell the government you're only making thirty, so you pay less. <laughs> Let the casino. Like, well, what do you do with that twenty? Oh, was you know, have fun. No <laughs> bullshit. What about if you're gonna do that? Why don't you just tell the government I made fifty, but twenty is for my retirement in the future, so I don't have to depend on you. Yeah, yeah. That's what I want to teach my my people. Oh, yeah, and you all, do you also get into like investments and stuff like that? Not, not. I could, but I don't. I like I like offering guarantees. Orale. You see what I'm saying? So. Uh, that's what, what you got. That's I like. I like offering, making sure that if you sit down with me, uh-huh. okay, I'm 45 now. Mm-hmm. You know, so if you're down with me, with me in 20 years, I want to make sure that when you're 65, you can look at me and say, "Hey, man, I appreciate it, brother." That was a good plan. I appreciate it. Yeah. That's what I don't want to be hiding from people in 20, 25 years. Yeah. I want people to say, "Man, thank you." That's it. And I want to have an office big enough that by then they can all tell their own kids, better get ready, go talk to Jimmy in his office. Yeah. Go talk to them. I talked to them 20 years ago. I'm set. Yeah. And I want to leave that for my kids, for my next generation, where the Torres legacy is, you know what? They're good people. They came here to make it, but they didn't forget where they came from. They also helped people make it. You know what? That, that thought catching over. That's dope because... It's una manera de, de, like, it's almost like a way of giving back because you're, it's knowledge that, como tú dijiste, it's knowledge that our parents really weren't given. No. They weren't no. exposed to. Um, so you're trying to do that. But, and I think that's dope because a lot of times we like to say, uh, sorry about the, the other planes flying around. There's, there's a plane passing by. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Let me roll the window back up. <laughs> no. <laughs> All right, hold on. 
Come on. Come on. It's a slow jet. See, sí. a little slower than ours. These jets. <laughs> These peasants are kind of. No, pero, ¿qué te iba a decir? Um, it, it, it's a good thing because uh, one of the things that I, that I hear a lot is like, you know, the people that like to constantly blame like, blame, like the, the white man on, on their struggles, you know? Oh, I'm always like, well, you know what? Okay, instead of, of complaining and crying about it, why don't we do our own? Yeah. You know, if, if, if you're complaining that, 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 you know, white people don't give us loans, then why don't we make our own, our own banks? It. If you If you're complaining that white people don't give us, or don't sell us cars, then let's have our own fucking uh, car, set, uh, car companies. You know what I mean? Like, what? We, we, and I think our people, a lot of times, we like to play the victim, but we're not willing to do for ourselves or even give our own people the chance yeah. to do for us. And, and, and I'm not saying that those struggles aren't real. I'm not saying yeah. that racism no, and, and, no. And, and all this type of gentrification, whatever type of shit. Oh, I lived doesn't it. Exist. Yeah. I lived it. It's there. <laughs> I've, I've experienced all that. It's there. I'm just saying, instead of crying about it. So, let me tell you, one of the biggest reasons besides my parents, you know, knowing that they weren't going to have, I'm, I'm, I want to be the retirement fund. I want to make sure that when my parents can't work and they, you know, because there's, Uncle Sam, right now my parents are semi-retired. Semi. They're sending them like 400 bucks a month, bro, uh -huh. each. Uh -huh. who, who can retire? At eight, who, what couple can, can live on 800 bucks a month? But nobody taught them. That's what they're getting, Social Security, right? Yeah. And nobody sat down with them and said, hey, have a 401k or have a, you know, a, a different, you know, a, a Roth IRA or a new, they didn't teach them none of this, right? Mm -hmm. The other concept is I have a, I have a, my sister who came, you know, who, who came with me back in, in 88. She's been struggling. She's a, a cancer survivor, brother. Three times cancer survivor, okay? Three times. Damn. And for the last 20 years, she has been fighting lupus. Bolas. Okay? Neta. My sister. Okay, that's like my that's my my inspiration to do better to want because I see her. She lost a she lost a leg, in two thousand you know ten years ago, so she's an amputee. Okay, uh -huh. cancer survivor. Okay, yeah. lupus fighter. Right, yeah. fighting that. I'm an insurance agent. I have struggled to get her coverage because no company wants to touch somebody someone with of their risk. Yeah, yeah. If somebody would have knocked on my dad and mom's door. Back 20 and, years and, ago. Yeah, yeah, 20, 25 years ago. And say, hey, Mr. Torres, get your kids something permanent. That in 20 years, whatever life or, or you know, or, or, you know, the body goes through, it doesn't matter. They have a permanent life insurance that they're always going to be covered. Mm -hmm. I took that as a mission. I want to make sure that no family goes through what we have gone through. I don't want nobody thinking, you know, oh, my God, poor seat. No, no, no. I just want to make sure that, damn, why wasn't it taught to us? Yeah. Not fair. So I'm trying to right a wrong. Simon, yeah. That's all I'm doing, brother. That's all, you know, and a lot of times, because of the, 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 the company that I was affiliated with, my own friends, ran, my own family ran away from me because they're like, oh, snap, here comes this dude trying to, <laughs> trying to sell us something. Trying to sell us something. So <laughs> I just want to educate them, you know. Yeah, yeah. I'll plant that seed, whatever, the seed, whatever you do with that information up to you. Why is it? Why do you think there's a there's a lot of uh, you know fat people in the world, ah. right? It's not because there's no there's no system, there's no plans and all that, because if you go on YouTube, you can find a way how to lose weight tomorrow. Yep. Right? It's the identity. Mm -hmm. We haven't changed our identity. Yeah. You know, and I speak from experience. Yeah. I want to lose weight. I lose weight, and then all of a sudden, I gain it again. Yep. It's the identity. In the same token, our people, the the the, the, the immigrants, that the, you know. All right, then, we came here to work, we don't need nothing. Uh-huh. Bullshit, man. Yeah. <laughs> That's not how it's supposed yeah, to be. Yeah, we, we, we could use definitely use some knowledge. Yes. Definitely. Oh, yeah, where, where can uh, people get a hold of you? How can people get a hold of you? They can go on my Instagram if they wanted to, uh -huh. you know, the Torres Legacy, you know, on Instagram, the Torres Legacy, uh -huh. you know, uh, or you can uh, Facebook, Jimmy Torres, 
call me and or my email call me 714-365-8316 i don't charge for any any consultation you know i refuse to i'll talk to you i'll make sure that the companies that i that i find for you they'll pay me wow that's it <laughs> hell yeah man jimmy Fucking pleasure to talk to you, bro. Thank you, brother. It's been, it's, it's been too long, bro. We got, we got to get together again, man. <laughs> we'll do it again, man. Nice. When I go to California, we'll do it over there, bro. Let's do it. Yeah. Let's go to the beach. Let's go to Newport Beach and we'll bro. just go out there. <laughs> and we'll video it this time, though. <laughs> Let that see. Everybody, just in case I didn't introduce my guest in the beginning, I'll do it at the end. Today's guest was Jimmy Torres, a good friend of mine from a long time ago. Uh, one of the best hustlers that I've known throughout my lifetime. It's been a pleasure, Jimmy. Thank you very much, man. Thank you, Appreciate man. God bless. Well, thank you.